If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 17, our uh, base series scripture. Matthew chapter 17, and we've come to this, in this journey, uh, mountain of mediocrity. We're going to talk about that today, and I, hopefully this journey in moving mountains has encouraged you, encouraged your faith, uh, and given you confidence, not only in God's ability to move mountains, but in the fact that he's given you his spirit, and you have that same ability to move mountains in your life. And we want to look at this mountain, this mountain of mediocrity. How many know that being mediocre in your life can be a mountain? Uh, it, it means that something is undistinguished and it's just commonplace. It's just normal in your life. And it doesn't sound very bad for things to be normal in your life except that God has called us to so much more. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you might have what? And that more abundantly. And what we have to understand is when we don't reach for greatness, when we don't reach for excellence in our life, not only are we disappointing ourselves, but we're disappointing God. We're letting God down because he has given us, he has given us actually his spirit. He has given us the power for greatness. And we're disobeying him when we remain Mediocre, come on. So let us rethink our lives. Let us rethink uh, how, we, how we actually think. Let us rethink our habits and uh, our attitudes and all of those things. And our approach to life has to be one driven by God's purpose. Now the only way to move a mountain is with faith. Matthew chapter 17, starting back at verse 14. Bible says, and when they had come, talking about the disciples and Jesus, they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers severely, for he often falls in the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why, why could we not cast it out? Why could we not do that? Jesus said to them, because, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Not it might move, not it could kind of move, it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. This is Jesus speaking by the way. However, this kind does not come out by prayer and fasting. The message version, version puts verses 20 and 22 puts it this way. It says, because you're not yet taking God seriously. In other words, you just playing around with it. God has given you faith. He's given you his spirit. You're not taking him seriously. You don't understand the impact of him placing his spirit in you. Remember back in the Gospel of John, he starts it off in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Down in verse 14, it says the Word became 
flesh? Do you understand the implications of the creator of the cosmos and the universe and the galaxies and stars and planets and life and animals and everything that there ever was and everything that there ever will be wrapping himself in flesh to look like you and I? You're not yet taking God seriously. You just come to church every once in a while to check it off a list. Come on now. But God wants us to take him seriously. The simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed, you would tell this mountain, move, and it would move. Somebody say move. move. Say mountain move. God wants us to believe that in our heart. You'll speak to it and it will, there's nothing that you won't be able to tackle. Now there's many mountains in our life. We could probably even make up some mountains. <laughs> but we've so far talked about the mountain of sin. We've talked about the mountain of debt. We've talked about uh, the mountain of depression last week. We're going to talk about, as I said earlier, the mountain of poor health. And today we're talking about the mountain of mediocrity the mountain of mediocrity now here's my moving mountains definition here's my definition of moving mountains it says that mountains represent the obstacles problems and barriers in front of you that seem impossible they seem to be impossible to move yet God is a mountain mover and guess what by faith, so are you. Say, I am a mountain mover. Now this time, believe it. I am a mountain mover. Come on. You are a mountain mover. You're not a mountain mover because you look like a mountain mover. You're not a mountain mover because you took 17 classes and got 45 credits, learned how to move mountains. You're not a mountain mover because someone discipled you on how to move mountains. You are a mountain mover because Jesus said that you can move mountains if you would speak to it. Jesus said you're a mountain mover and so you have the ability to do it. AT&T has had these commercials uh, on TV that have sort of tickled me a little bit uh, and um, I, I thought it went right with this message. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple of these commercials. There was one commercial where uh, a guy goes in for surgery and he's there with his wife or girlfriend and they're preparing for surgery and they're talking to the nurse and uh, you know she's asking questions and uh, you know they, they, they ask okay well where's the doctor and she said well he just got reinstated so he'll be here any moment you know and he comes in and he's like hey I just got reinstated you know and they're like uh, well you just got reinstated and she asked him are you a little nervous and uh, they go yeah we're just a little nervous and the doctor's like ah don't worry about it something will happen we'll get you under there and one way or the other something will happen that doesn't instill a lot of confidence, doesn't it? Does it? That's a little mediocre. I, I saw another commercial where a guy went to get his car fixed and he, he needed his brakes fixed. And so he's talking to the mechanic who's under there and he says, hey, are, are you guys, uh, you know, what, how many stars do you have? Are you, are you guys a good shop? He said, oh yeah, we're, we're pretty decent, we're okay. And the guy's thinking, well, I'm getting my brakes fixed. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, are you able to fix the brakes? He said, well, we'll do something to them. I mean, hey, if the brakes don't stop you, something will. I mean, 
I don't think that instills much confidence. <laughs> you know, that's how we treat our lives with the Lord. We're, we're mediocre like that sometimes. Oh, I don't know, you know, something will happen. You know, it, I'll get that job or this job or maybe I'll go to that school or, uh, you know, maybe I feel good today. Maybe I won't. We just, you know, and God said, listen, you're not taking me seriously. I was serious when I said I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I don't want you to live a mediocre life. I don't want you to live a so-so life. And it has nothing to do with your position in life. God, you've heard this probably a million times, but God doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to thrive in life. That's why you're here, so that you can thrive. He doesn't want you to live mediocre. Here's my definition of mediocre. It means of moderate or low quality, value, ability, or performance. Ordinary or so-so. People who succeed don't just live low-quality lives. They don't have low-quality abilities. They don't perform with low quality. Now, some have gifts and talents that are better than others, but I'm talking about the effort you put toward it. I always tell my kids, if one person can do it, another person can do it, in most cases. Don't let someone tell you you can't do it. Now, it might take you longer. You might need to study a little harder. Some people are gifted. But if you're willing to put in the work, you can do it to the best of your ability, to what God gave you. Don't compare yourself to someone else. But to what God gave you, you're able to reach your full, and I won't even say potential, I'll say you're able to reach your full purpose for what God gave you. He doesn't want us to live mediocre lives. I'll tell you why God doesn't like mediocrity. It's because, number one, mediocrity knows nothing higher than itself. That's all it knows. Things are mediocre and, and that's what I know. You know, I, I was thinking about, I think we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night. I was thinking about this story of uh, the man who was sitting at the gate, beautiful, after Jesus had resurrected and uh, ascended to heaven. Peter and John were going into the temple and they came across this man who was lame from birth. He was crying out for alms, alms, alms. Peter and John came upon him, and he did, wasn't even looking at him, but he was saying, alms, give me something, give me alms. Peter and John said, look at us, look at us, look upon us. Hold your head up. You're used to mediocrity. Hold your head up. Alms, alms. And they said, listen, I'm not going to give you any money. I'm not going to give you money. Because I'll give you money today, you'll be right back here tomorrow asking for alms. Alms. And it's not doing you any good. Not that the money is wasted, it's not doing you any good. Silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, the power of the universe, the name that is above every name, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Do you know that the man had been lame so long that he didn't get up? Read it in the Bible. He didn't get up immediately. It says that Peter had to lift him up. 
The devil wants you in a place where you're satisfied with mediocrity. You won't look up and you won't get up. Everything around you is all that you know. Is this the best that there is? Jesus would tell you no. There is so much more. And there is so much more that is better than what you're in now. Even if what you're in is great. Even if you have a great life. They used to say living the life of Riley. You could be living the life of Riley. You could have everything that you thought you would want in life and God's got something even better. But as long as you look and you don't look up and you just look around, that's all you're ever going to know. And what a shame. What a shame. What a shame to get before the Lord and to see healing and to see uh, businesses and to see whatever it is, all sorts of blessings that God had for you. That he said if you would have just looked up but you can't see anything higher than yourself. My wife and I were in Atlanta last weekend. And uh, one of the things that we did, we said, since we're here in Atlanta, let's go around and look at some of the historical things about the South. And we went to the National Museum of Civil and uh, Human Rights. And we visited uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, home where he was born and went through some of those things. And uh, one of the things uh, that I noticed uh, about going through all of that was that the, the, the fight and the struggle that some of those people went through and it they wouldn't even see the results for themselves it was for another generation but yet they still sacrificed because they knew there was something better than what's here now they were able to look at something higher than themselves you know Martin Luther King Jr. gave a speech on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. We, I was reading, as we were going through that museum, I was reading uh, the notes of that speech. You're very familiar with it. No matter how old you are, I'm sure you've heard some of it. His I Have a Dream speech. I Have a Dream. He had a way of inspiring people. One of the people, one of the leaders I really love to read about also is Winston Churchill. Because against all odds, he just had a way of inspiring people to look up that there's something higher, there's something more. No matter your circumstances, no matter what you're in, I have a dream. I have a dream that can be attained. We need to put goals, we need to put feet to this, but we can get there. You need to have a dream for your life. The dream that God's given you, that you may not even see because you're not looking up. You don't know anything higher than where you are. Your dream is not at eye level. God is saying to look up. Somebody else can do it, you can do it. Don't give excuses. The best friend of mediocrity are excuses. Well, you know, I, I wasn't born with that ability. Uh, you know, so-and-so, Carla plays guitar so much better than me. Always comparing yourself to someone else. God said, don't compare yourself to anyone else but you. Be better than you. Be better than you. That's what God is calling you to today. God doesn't like mediocrity. Secondly, because it reaches for nothing and it hopes for little. Mediocrity reaches for nothing. Mediocrity sits and waits for something good to come to it. Get up. Look up. Don't sit and wait. 
Media, God doesn't like mediocrity because, listen to this now, mediocrity is ungratefulness at the highest level. When you live a mediocre life, come on, I'm talking to somebody now. now I know this might kind of hit you in the face a little bit. I mean, I done went down Main Street and I'm right on Front Street. But mediocre, when you live, a, when you settle in yourself to live a mediocre life, it is ungratefulness at the highest level. Why? Because God has sacrificed himself for so much more. You think Jesus died on the cross so you can live a mediocre life? You think Jesus shed his blood? They put thorns in his head? Come on. Nailed him to a cross? Put a spear in his side until life, water, and blood came out? You think he went through all of that so you could just sit on the couch and live a mediocre life? And let the devil do whatever he wants to to you? That's not why he died on the cross. And so we're ungrateful when we don't reach for more in our life. And so I'm not just trying to inspire you. I'm trying to tell you that it's your, it's your, it's your not just opportunity, but it's your, it's your job, it's your responsibility to live a better life. It is your responsibility to live a better life. I'm not going to pull any punches on that. I'm not just going to say, well, if you, if you can, just try a little harder. No. No, God is not saying that to any of us, including me this morning. He's saying, get up. I've got more for you. I've sacrificed for you. I've laid out a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. There is more for you. My blessings will overtake you if you would just look up. Look up. Look up. God doesn't like mediocrity because it begets more mediocrity. Mediocrity loves itself. If you're living a mediocre life, you're just gonna live more mediocre life. If you live three mediocre days, all you got to look forward to is a fourth mediocre day. If you lived 50 mediocre weeks, two more weeks in a year, guess what they're gonna be? Mediocre, unless you look up. A British writer and scholar, Isaac de Israel said, it is a wretched taste to be gratified with mediocrity when the excellent lies before us. The excellent lies before It's not like it's not there. It's not like you can't achieve it. It's not like God hasn't made a way. It's not like he hasn't opened some doors. You just may not see them. But it's not like he hasn't opened some doors. It's not like it's not. It lies before you. Excellent lie, excellence lies before you. And God is saying, step in it. But we're afraid. What are we afraid of? We're afraid to fail. We're afraid what people may say about us. Guess what? Some of the greatest people have failed. And they fail big. If you're going to fail, go for it. Go for it. What's your dream? Go for it. Listen to Revelation 3, 15 and 17. I'll tell you how much God doesn't like mediocrity. And this is in the message version. You've heard this before, but this is in the message version. Feel what God is saying, what Jesus is saying here. I know you inside and out and find little to my liking. Mm, that's something I don't want to hear from Jesus. He says, you're not cold. You're not hot. It's far better to be hot or cold. He said, you're stale. You're stagnant. You're not going anywhere. You're like that boat on a lake with no oars. Nothing. Floating. Seeing what life would bring. 
You're stagnant. He said, you make me want to vomit. Now, that's a harsh saying. That's pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh. But when you're mediocre and you live a mediocre life, that's what Jesus is saying to you. You make me want to vomit. He went on to say, you brag, I'm rich, I've got it made, I need nothing from anyone, oblivious to the, that in fact you are pitiful, blind, you're a beggar, you're a threadbare, and you are homeless. That's pretty harsh. And I know it's pretty quiet because we don't want to hear those things. But I'm telling you, when you live a mediocre life, that's what you fall into. When it comes to be, being mediocre, the things we're comfortable in, God despises. Why do you think that, you, you, I, you know, I'm a person who loves sports. And, you know, one of the things that amazes me is when a, a sports team or a person, maybe they play tennis or golf or whatever it may be when they compete. And say they have a great year and they win the championship or whatever it is. They win the U.S. Open, whatever it may be, whatever their champion, World Series, whatever it is. Uh, you know, they celebrate for a little while. They celebrate maybe for a few days. They have a parade, and then all of a sudden, they look to next year. As if winning the world championship wasn't enough. Now, they have to go and work harder to repeat and to do it again. Why don't they just quit? You won. Why, where are you coming back for? All this stuff you worked for since you were a kid and all this, you got on this great team, had a great coach, worked together, did whatever you had to do, sacrificed, and you won. You won it all. Why are you still playing? Why? Because there's more. We cannot be satisfied with what we've achieved because there's so much more. Here's what we have to learn is, and I'll say this a hundred times, in life, we look so much to results, and we judge ourselves by results. But I want to tell you that success is about the journey, not the destination. If you love the Lord and you ask the Lord Jesus into your heart, then you know what your destination is. If you haven't done that, you need to do that to get your destination sure. But see, that's not the end-all, be-all. Just getting into heaven is not the only reason that Jesus died on the cross. I come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Not just when you die and go to heaven, here, now. He wants you to live an abundant life, opposite of mediocre, opposite of mediocre. God loves excellence. I'll tell you why God loves excellence. First of all, because it requires improvement. Just because you won today don't mean there's not a tomorrow. You can't quit. You got to keep going and enjoy every moment of it. Even the philosopher Aristotle once said, you are what you constantly do. God doesn't want you to do something excellent. He wants you to be excellent. I'm going to say that again. God just doesn't want you to do something excellent. He wants you to be excellent. What we're talking about this morning is not a result of what you do. It's going to be a result of who you are. God wants you to be an excellent person. And that shows in every area of your life. Not just excellent in your business. Not just excellent on your job. But your character is excellent. Your integrity is excellent. Your speech is excellent. Your thoughts are excellent. Your attitude toward others is excellent. We're all not there. A long way to go. But God wants us to strive to get there. Because you, he's given you 
everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. He's given it all to you. And he wants you to live an excellent life. I don't care where you are. I don't care where you are in life. You could be up, you could be down. You could be almost level to the ground. It doesn't matter where you are. God wants you to live an excellent life. He wants you to reach for more. I'll tell you another reason why God loves excellence is because excellence attracts blessings. Excellence attracts blessings. Yes, it does. See, we, we want to try so hard to be blessed. And if I work a little harder, if I practice a little longer, but God is saying, listen, if you just become an excellent person in your heart, if your attitude is excellent and your mind frame is excellent, it will just attract blessings unto you. God can't help but to bless you when you're excellent. When you are excellent, not just when you do things excellent, but when you're excellent, he can't help but to bless you. Daniel 6.3 said this, Then Daniel distinguished himself above all the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Come on. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Why? Because he looked better than everybody else? He talked better than everybody else? No, because there was an excellent spirit. There was something about him that was just excellent. You ever wonder why a, a people get the promotion who you didn't think would get it? Someone else seems like they were better for the promotion. They know a little more their degree. They got a little few, few more degrees than the other person. They got more experience than the other person. But there's something about this one that's just excellent. Something about them. When they have an excellent spirit, God, God can't help but just to bless you. You looking for blessings? How many people are looking for a blessing from the Lord? I don't know about you, but I know I am. Here's what God is saying, just be excellent. Be excellent in all you do. Be excellent when no one's looking. Be excellent when no one else is around because it's who you are. Not just with eye service as men pleasers, but be excellent, be an excellent person. And then lastly, God loves excellence because it is who he is. God just, God, you can look and say, well, God does excellent things. But I want to tell you the reason why God does excellent things is because God is excellent. He doesn't have to do anything and he's still excellent. See, God is, God is one where you don't have to look at all he's done to say he's excellent. You just know him and he's excellent. You ever met somebody like that? I don't even need to see their work. I know that person's excellent. They just have an excellent spirit about them. 2 Peter 1.3 says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Do you know it is who he is? It's who he is. God called us to be excellent. Come on, he called us to be that. He, he called us his own to his own glory and to his own excellence. See, that's something that really blows my mind. Because God just didn't say, here's, here's a little bit of excellence. Let me, let, me, let me stir it up a little bit, and, I, and I'll give you a, just a little bit of this excellence. He didn't do that. You know what he did? He said, I am excellent. I have glory. And guess what? I am calling you to my excellence. I'm not giving you some other excellence over here. I'm not giving you a subpar excellence. He's giving you the best excellence. He's calling you to his own excellence. That's what God is calling you to. And that's why it's ungrateful when we don't run to the excellence of God. 
Tom Peters, he's a businessman and he's a, he, he goes around and he consults with businesses. And he said, excellent firms don't believe in excellence. Only in constant improvement and constant change. In other words, excellent firms want to just get better every day. Excellent people want to get better every day. We don't have to live in mediocrity. Here's what God is saying. Let me give you just a few scriptures. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ in everything you do. I don't care if you're taking a test at school. I don't care if you're taking out the trash at work. I don't care if you're doing the dishes at home. I don't care if you're cutting the grass. Whatever you do, do as unto the Lord because he is where you get your reward. And you serve him in everything you do. When you're talking to someone at the grocery store, when you're ordering food and the servant doesn't come back for a half an hour and you needed water. Come on. You serve the Lord. You serve the Lord and all you represent Jesus. Remember, you are excellent. Not just what you do. Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. That's why I say even if you fail, fail big. Whatever you do, do it with all your might. Do it with all your might. If I fail, I'm going to fail big, big time. Woo, he really missed it on that one. I mean, he missed that whole thing. He got to knock the whole house down and do it over. <laughs> fail big if you're going to fail. <laughs> For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol, which is the grave, to which you are going. <laughs> uh, you know, you've you probably heard this saying a million times, but I think it bears repeating. You'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take it with you. <laughs> so live your life. And that includes everything. That's just not your material possessions. Guess what? That's all of your, and I know I'm talking to myself. I know, honey, I'm talking to myself when I say this. That's all your I love you's. Come on, that's all of your encouragement. That's all of the cards that you could write. That's, you know, that's everything. You, none of that you're taking with you. Leave it all here. Do it all now. Go for it. It's all the interviews, all the applications you could fill out, all the classes you could take, whatever it might be, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might because you can't take it to the grave can't take it to the grave in Ephesians 6 7 and 8 says serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord not people because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do whether they are slave or free slave or free so listen to wrap this thing up we can move this mountain of mediocrity in our life you might say it just seems like I take a couple steps forward and always take three steps back and nothing seems to work for me, I, you know. But listen, it's been a mountain in your life and God is saying to you this morning, you can move this mountain of mediocrity. Each one of us in here can be excellent. No matter where you, it doesn't matter what you do. Don't compare yourself to someone else. We can do it. 